Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. I mean, 15 years ago, <laughs> give a girl a break. <laughs> I, de- I don't think we changed that much. Are you guilty of this? My kids keep coming in and stealing all my staples and my sticky tape. <laughs> That's annoying. Productivity. An Australian accent. Productivity. <laughs> um. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Today we are talking about home offices and why we hate them. That's right. If your office is dark, dusty and feels like the bottom pits of hell, this episode is for you. So ominous. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, on a lighter note, but if you walk into your office and you feel like it's just a dumping ground for all of the stuff that you kind of don't need but don't want to let go of in your house and all the unfinished projects and to-dos, this is the episode for you. If you haven't been tuning into the podcast for a while, you may have missed a very exciting announcement and that is Little Home Organised. That's us. We've released a brand new course. Yay! The Organised Wardrobe. That's right, a course solely dedicated to getting that wardrobe in tip-top condition. Bonnie, what can people expect? So if you're a time-poor person and you find that getting dressed in the morning is just giving you such a headache, the Organised Wardrobe is the course for you. We will help you zone your wardrobe. We will help you let go of the items that are no longer serving you. And we will help you organise your wardrobe to within an inch of its life so that in the morning it takes you less than five minutes to get dressed and you walk out the door feeling fabulous. Ah, doesn't that sound good? But the thing I love, of course, Bonnie, is that our courses are DIY, which means that you can jump on online anytime, log in, do a module, try it at home and do it at your own pace, which is fabulous for the busy time poor parent. Because life does get in the way sometimes and it's great to know that you can just come back and pick up from where you left off. And as long as this course is offered, you will have access to it. So if that sounds like something that you want to incorporate in your life, you want to get your wardrobe looking spick and span and loving it every time you open that door, this is for you. Head to littlehomeorganised.com.au and check out the organised wardrobe. And if you haven't checked us out on TikTok yet, we'd love you to head on over there. We post a new video every single day virtually. And what is cool about that is it's jam-packed with lots of information every time we do a video. So be sure to head on over and check us out. All right. So today we're talking about why you might hate your home office. And we're going to be approaching this from two ways. One, we're going to be looking at why you hate the physical space itself. But two, why you also hate working in a home office environment. And then we're going to break it down and give you some solutions for each of those issues. So obviously with COVID and the fun journey that the last 18 months to two years has been, so many people are working from home and having to create home offices more than ever. I heard a stat yesterday that said that the office occupancy rate in Melbourne in particular at the moment is down to 26%. Wow, that's wild. It is, isn't it? So that shows that 74% of people who normally work in an office in the city are now working from home. And you may just be someone who's always had a home office and you occasionally work from home. It's not something that you actually do your nine to five from, but you still go into that room and think, ugh, 
and you really love closing the door in that room. In fact, Bonnie, <laughs> the office is one of the rooms that people often have the most clutter in, hey? It is because it's a lesser used room. So we find that we can justify dumping stuff in there a lot more because we don't see it as often. So it doesn't bother us as much. So to start today's episode off, how about we talk about the seven reasons you might hate the physical space that is your home office? And the number one reason that I find in all of my clients' homes is those leaning towers of paperwork. <gasps> paperwork pizza piles. Yes. Ooh, say that three times fast. Paperwork pizza piles. Paperwork pizza <laughs> I was so confident. You were. I liked that, but you failed. Your turn. <laughs> paperwork, pizza piles, paperwork, pizza. Oh, see, see, you can't even get to the second one. Okay, here is a challenge for you, listener. Can you say it three times, audio record it, and send it to us? If you can, we're going to send you out a prize. Oh, my gosh. You're responsible for doing that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's so true, right? Paperwork is like the bane of so many people's existence and that is one of the things you walk into an office and if you don't have an efficient setup system in there, it's going to be oh, paperwork piles everywhere. And I find that with paperwork in particular, you have these piles and they're kind of like a timestamp. So the older stuff's down the bottom, the newer stuff's up the top. And when you look at them, it's like this overwhelming, oh, I've still got to do that. You know, it's all these to-dos stacked up in one pile and it can get so overwhelming that it's like easier to just push it aside and delay it till later rather than dealing with it right there and then. Oh, absolutely. Number two reason, your office is filled with random electronics, random cables, a drawer full of USBs that you have no idea what's on them and a bunch of hard drives. Does that sound familiar? Because I can actually kind of relate to this one. I found a bunch of USBs in an old laptop case folder that I had no idea existed and I didn't mm. even know they were in there. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have so many USBs. It's really interesting. I think nearly every home where we do an office has got at least a couple old devices. So either old laptops or old computer stands where they've got to get, you know, data off there, whether it's photographs or something like that. And they're just hanging around because the technology has become so outdated that they're like, I don't actually know how to get this stuff off this old laptop anymore because it oh, doesn't work. exactly. It's like you still want the information or in the case where you're like, I don't know where to appropriately get rid of technology where I can make sure no one can get access to my stuff. Yes, yeah. So e-waste is a huge problem and especially cables and cords. If you've never labelled them or stuck them in a, a Ziploc bag with a, a label on them or something like that, you just have these boxes of cables and it's like a lucky dip. Number three, there might be random items stored in this cupboard and this is common because it's, again, one of the rooms that we're not necessarily using mm. as much and so it becomes a storage area in the cupboards. It's like where we stick the gift box stuff or the wrapping station stuff or the, you know, dinner set when mum comes to visit. And the, <laughs> the, you know, the miscellaneous stuff that you just don't necessarily use very often. Yeah, and, and if you've got like a sofa bed, a lot of people stick a sofa bed in their office so that when guests come to visit, they have like an office turned guest room. So there's often stuff relating to guests there as well. And if you've got a family member who normally comes over and lives with you for quite a few months in that office space, I find that those family members will leave a lot of their personal effects in there too. Excessive amounts of stuff. Mm. So just homeless clutter that's ended up on your desk, around your desk, behind your desk, to-dos, knick-knacky things everywhere. And that extra Excessive stuff can just make you walk in and go, oh, this space just feels cramped. Yeah, and especially if you have children and they like to create artwork, that is often the place where those beautiful little treasures get stored. A bunch of trophies and things that you're holding onto that you mm. wanted to put on display but haven't gotten around to doing it, so they're sitting in a box getting dusty in the corner. Those mm -hmm. kinds of things are really commonly found in the office. Yeah, definitely. Number five, coffee mugs, plates and leftovers. You go in there, you're working from home, you're, you know – 
unwinding on on the computer and you're eating while you're doing it and then you get distracted and you leave and your dishes don't. And so what can end up happening is you can end up with a pile of dishes. This never happens to me. No, well, that's because you're a um, professional organiser of audience. That's just a professional organiser. Okay. Well, it um, actually does. Not, I'm kind of lying. I'm not, oh, I, was yeah. say, I thought you were targeting me because, like, you must have been into my office. Well, I remember what your bedroom was like as a teenager, so. I mean, 15 years ago. <laughs> Give yeah. a girl a break. <laughs> I, de- I don't think we changed that much. Are you guilty of this? <laughs> yeah, occasionally. Usually I'm pretty good with it but funnily enough um we've only been in this new house for three months and it's all had new carpets and painting and stuff just before we arrived and my office doesn't have a huge amount of stuff in it but I did have this pile of equipment for work that I needed to pass off to someone else in the team and I pulled it all out one day to get it ready to send to her and there in the corner was a pile of mouse poo and I was like oh my gosh I have not even (laughs) been here two months and there is a mouse in my office Gross. I think you moved into the mouse's house, Bonnie. I think that's what's happened there. (laughs) I guess I I have to tell you the mouse has been eradicated. Oh, that's so sad. Mm, Not really. But necessary. There's a, there's a, like, on a serious note, there's a serious mouse plague out in, like, outback Australia at the moment. And farmers need all the help they can get. Like, it is really a problem. A lot of people are like, oh, that's inhumane to kill mice that way. And, like, I hear you. Like, I get it. It's really, it's called a plague for a reason. It's start, it's startling for us to see those images. But that is the farmer's everyday life of crops Mm. being ruined, things, you know, in their houses. It's full on. I mean, if you still want to be able to go to the supermarket and eat fresh food, yeah, we've got to do something about it. That mouse plague. Yeah, yeah, you got to deal with the plagues. Check in with your local farmers. They need your support. So number six, uh, a reason you might be hating your office is there is a lack of light and no decor that you love. Yes. Too often we don't spend any time investing in making our offices feel creative and inspiring. We just think, oh, it's just a place to work. So why would I bother? And I just think that it's such a misstep. Like, My office, when I look at these couple of bright coloured paintings and the few decor things that I've got that are bright and express my personality, they actually bring me heaps of joy. And it makes working in here not just more bearable, but enjoyable. And if it feels like a dark dungeon and that's not your vibe, then it's, you know, no wonder you're not loving it. And number seven, if you have inadequate storage and you don't have suitable furniture for your office space, for how that room functions, and you have got stuff everywhere because of it, that's going to be another reason you're not enjoying that space because things aren't organized in a way that works. Yep. And make sure your furniture is ergonomic. Okay. Make sure that you're not hurting your back with the chair that you're using or the desk height or whatever the other furniture is that you've got going on. If you're sitting at a computer for eight hours a day, do you need a little step stool to keep your feet up off the floor? Do you need something to stick your laptop on? Standing desk potentially. Yes. Like Invest in that stuff, especially if you are going to be in there all day, every day, or, or at least two or three days a week. Alrighty, so here are the seven reasons you might hate working in your home office. Number one, unwanted interruptions. So do you now work oh, from yes. home and your partners pop their head in, your children pop their head in? In fact, Bonnie, what have you had to do at your house recently to counteract this? Well, I've had to put a door monkey on the uh, door to stop my children now, from Now, for those in. of us who don't have children... Uh, Well, I do. For those people who don't have children or who didn't know what a monkey was, can you tell us? So a door monkey is this great little contraption that basically keeps your door slightly ajar so it allows for airflow but it keeps pets and children out of spaces or in spaces (laughs) as it so happens. So we use one for my toddler who is a bit of a serial getter-upperer and it just helps him to know the door can't be opened, I need to stay in my bed, all that kind of thing. 
It also helps that he sleeps in the room with his six-year-old brother and we have the door monkey at a height where the six-year-old can open the door. So we're, we're covered if there's any kind of emergencies or whatever. But I use the door monkey in my office because my kids keep coming in and stealing all my staples and my sticky tape. <laughs> That's annoying. Yes, and so if you, you can imagine if you're working from home and some of you are probably going, oh, this has been me, people coming in and out can make it really disruptive, especially if you're someone who normally used to work in an office. Mm. So that could be one reason you're hating your office at the moment. Funny story. Oh, tell me. A few weeks ago before I went on maternity leave, I was doing one last online workshop um, for a local library. And it was a nighttime one and I think it started at like 6.30 or 7. So I had my husband on duty with the kids and, you know, kids, you got to be quiet. I'm going in the office, going to have all these people listening to me. Like, you got to be quiet. And because there's three of them and it gets kind of like rowdy and crazy at that time of night, as much as they tried, one of my children slipped through the net and I heard the door open while I was presenting. And thankfully, like, the door's not right behind me or anything like that. And I could just hear this door and kind of out of the corner of my eye, see this child standing there looking at me like, I want to say something to mum, but then I don't. And then I could hear my husband come and yank the child out and <laughs> quietly close the door. But there are those interruptions. And I mean, that's where that whole famous BBC interview came yeah, about. Yeah, that was <laughs> such gold. Oh, my husband hadn't seen it. And I showed it to him like the next day after that happened. Honestly, he cried so much I thought he was going to wet his pants. And we were both <laughs> just sitting on the couch in hysterics watching it over and over. And I was like, I've watched this a million times already over the last couple of years. But just watching it again was like, this is just giving me a whole new, fresh set of, you know, laughter. It was great. Oh, it's such a good video. Number two, distractions. So this is, you know, especially if you're someone who feels like that, almost that sense of like fear of missing out, FOMO, where you can hear other people at home and doing other things and you want to go and check it out. And so it creates you a space where you keep feeling drawn away from your work. Maybe you see the neighbour in the yard and you want to catch up with them. So distractions can be one reason why you're not feeling productive and not enjoying your home office. Another thing can be number three, boundaries. So if mm. you struggle with boundaries around your work and you tend to easily slip into the 24-7 work cycle where you're checking your emails late at night in bed, it's really mentally unhealthy mm. and it can start to feel like you are constantly working. And it sets up a really bad habit because then your co-workers think, oh, well, they responded to my email at 11 o'clock at night, so I'm going to keep emailing back and forth. You need to have the boundaries around your work hours so that you have good work-life balance for your family because when you work from home, you can so easily slip into that role of being available 24-7. Oh, it's so easy. Number four, spending too much time at home. It just gets to a point where you need a break. You just feel like you're doing the same thing day in and day out. Mm. And I think this is what a lot of people have felt with COVID is just this sense of yes. stuckness. I need a break. I need to go and get outside. Cabin fever. And we're definitely going to talk about some great options if this is something that you're really struggling with at the moment. Number five, social isolation. So you just might be feeling like me working from home running my own business is really lonely or me working from home now due to COVID and being away from co-workers is really lonely because it's socially isolating. Yeah, and this is something we see even in the LMO team because we're all mobile and everybody lives in different suburbs and stuff and we don't necessarily go into an office to see each other every day or every week. We do have to have these regular staff meetings online so that we can all catch up, debrief, get to… And connect. Connect with each other and and that's why I think one of the greatest things about COVID is that it really inspired people to do online drinks and things like that where people could connect 
virtually, even though they weren't allowed to meet physically anymore and still have that talk. So when you have your lunch break, you know, can you connect with somebody else over your lunch break and eat lunch together virtually so that you're still getting that human connection? Absolutely. And number six, the identity blur. And what can happen is that as we spend so much time at home and we don't have a clear disconnect from I'm in work mode, I'm in me mode, we can really start to have this little shift in our identity where we can feel a sense of displacement. And maybe you haven't even put a name to what that feeling has been until now that you are actually feeling like your identity is making a little bit of a shift or feeling a little unclear because all you feel like you do is work and stay at home and you're starting to struggle with that connection to who you are. So definitely feeling an identity blur could be something that's happening and it's making you start resent working from home. That's a really interesting point, especially because we know that the studies are now showing that since the whole COVID pandemic started, that mental health has really declined a lot. And that's why it's so difficult for a lot of people to get in to see mental health professionals because there are so many people struggling with this kind of new way of life. And number seven, the reason why you might hate working in your office at the moment is you're just feeling smothered by stuff. And this happens in every room of the house. Physical clutter clutters our mental space. There is the saying, a clear space is a clear mind. And that is so important in the office because the office is a space that is often designated to productivity. Mm. All right, let's take a quick break and we're going to talk about solutions to each of these seven issues. You got mail. So today's listener question comes to us from a user on TikTok. Now, the user is LBB1011, so I'm going to call them Little B. Now, (laughs) Little B's question is, my pantry shelves are too deep, like twice the depth. How can I fully use the space without wasting it? Oh, great question there, Little B. So there are some great products that you can use that are long and narrow drawers and you can buy these from a range of department stores. If you do need the double up space, what we do recommend is that you put things that are more rural real estate at the back. So while we prefer things to just be single so that you don't have to worry about accessing things behind, if you did need to use that space, this is where we would suggest you put the things that you only need to use once a year or very irregularly. But those long and narrow storage options that you can get from the department stores are a really great way to start utilising that long space. Well, we hope that helps. And if you have a listener question, feel free to get in contact. You can contact us on TikTok or on Instagram or Facebook in the LHO community or even send us an email, podcast at littlehomeorganised.com.au. All right, so... Today's episode is all about struggling to love the home office, the physical clutter that's everywhere, as well as the difficulties of trying to function in the home office. So first things first, we are going to look at how you can love the physical space again. And number one, we're going to focus back on paperwork. So you need to set up with your paperwork, a short and a long-term system. And if you want detailed information on how to do this episode, I think it was number five of ours called Paper Flow is a great starting point. That will just give you the system that you need to be able to do your short-term paperwork storage, as well as some really great options for long-term filing and storage. In the meantime, something that you can definitely implement that'll be useful is a spot for the paper as it flows into the house and you haven't figured out where to sort it from there just yet, or you have got the system in place, but it's the temporary spot until you do get the time to sort it. And that is simply an in tray or something similar where you can put those papers ready for sorting. 
Yes, and this is what we see throughout so many client homes is when we don't have a home for something, things just wander and there's a different place every time for something to go. When you have an in-tray, all the paperwork that comes into the house goes into the in-tray and that's where everybody knows that it lives until it gets decided on. There's no more. Sometimes it's on the bedside table, sometimes it's on the kitchen bench and sometimes it's on the hood of the car. Let's just create a home for it and make it consistent. Number two, those random electronics we were talking about earlier. So here's some things that can help you get those a little bit more organized. One, obviously going through any of these things and decluttering things that you don't need anymore. But for all the cords that you are keeping, label them. So you can use things like electrical tape and fancier kind of labels, but making sure that you label and write what they are or what they are used for so that you know when you pick up that random cord and you can't quite figure out what the end of it means, you know what it is attached to or what it can attach to. The other thing to note about cords is that we're also all very much in the habit of looping cords and wrapping them in that way and it can damage the cords. So it's okay to do this if they're loosely bound, but don't do it too tight because you can actually damage your cords but looping them in that way can be a nice way and then putting a loose tie on them and keeping them in a box of some description can be a great way to keep your cords organized and if you are someone who does have lots of different colors of tape color coding your cords maybe according to device or room or some other purpose that actually really helps you when identifying what your cords are for too Now, you're going to hate this tip. So we're talking about USBs and hard drives as well earlier. So what you need to do is you need to know what's on them. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. you've got to put them into your computer and see, are they empty? Can they be, you know, do you want to sell them, donate them, recycle them as electronic waste? Or are they something that you need to go through and sort? And if they are, putting them back in the drawer is something to sort later and just having that mental thought isn't enough. You'll actually need to put a plan in place because it is a bit of a yucky job. So we're not really inclined to do it unless we set something in stone. So Mm -hmm. head to that calendar, set a date. And even if you just do it a chunk at a time, one USB at a time or one two-hour block at a time, set some time aside to intentionally go through those files and make sure you're hanging on to stuff that is still important to you. Okay, number three, those random cupboard items that we have in our office. The most important thing to do if you're not really sure what they are is to work out what they are. Pull them all out, categorize them, declutter the ones that you don't need anymore, organize the ones that you do need and double check. Is this actually the spot where they need to live or is there a better spot in the house for them to live? Is everything in here clearly labeled and accessible? And this is where clear containers are really, really useful because then you can see what's in them at a glance without having to open lids. Number four, those room items, very similar to what Bonnie was just saying. You're going to pull everything out that doesn't look like it should live in there, categorize, declutter and find appropriate homes for those homeless items so that you're not feeling swamped by excess stuff in the office space, which is supposed to be the place of productivity. And if you do happen to be a cereal dirty dish lever, have a new habit happen. So make sure that you stick your phone right next to the dirty dishes so that you see when you grab your phone the dirty dishes when you leave the office. Or use something like a tray so that when you are eating or drinking in your office, you put everything onto the tray once you've finished and you make a new habit of taking the tray with you each time you leave. Yeah, this one's definitely about habits because often it's such a mindless thing to leave it in there. Mm. But if we can set up some new systems, then we can certainly get on top of the dishware clutter. Number six. So once you've gone through and decluttered any decor that's not really your vibe, it's obviously going to feel a lot better. And then from there, you can be really intentional with the decor you do have in there. What is the vibe you want to create? Maybe you want to have more of the dark, oaky 
office vibe and so you want pieces that match that or you want to do bright, light and sunny. Whatever it is, make sure it represents you and makes you feel good every time you walk into your office and of course you'll need good lighting to do that. So head to Marketplace for maybe secondhand lamps, update your light bulbs, whatever it is so that when you go into your office it just feels good. It has the right vibe. Okay, number seven, your storage and your furniture. So if your furniture isn't ergonomic, you need to invest in stuff that is. So like we mentioned before, do you need a standing desk? Do you need a better chair? Do you need to have some sort of platform to stick your computer on so that it's at the right eye height for you? All of these things will help make you feel better about working in your office because when we get to the end of the day and we leave our office and we're stiff and tired and sore, that's our body's way of telling us that either we didn't move enough today or that we've got furniture in place that's not actually supporting our optimal health. So make sure you invest in pieces that are going to not only make use of the space that you've got and be space efficient, but be good for your body as well. The other thing to think about is the storage that you have in that room. If you've got too much stuff and you've decluttered and you've still got a bit of excess and you look at the furniture that's in that room and you think, I could fit this, this could work, it's just not functioning right right now, it might be time to switch up your storage. So can you sell your storage and jump on Marketplace and get some secondhand options that work better? Can you install some floating shelves to get your stuff up onto the shelves because we love using vertical space. It leaves the flat surfaces and floors free. Or potentially something like a pegboard. Do you want to put a pegboard up on your wall because they're so customizable and you can attach all different bits and bobs to them and get things off your desk, especially if you're someone who loves having a really clear desk, a pegboard could be a good option for you as well. All right, so that's the seven solutions if it's a physical clutter problem. But let's talk about the functioning everyday home, office, I'm working from home situation. So number one, we were talking about interruptions. How do we protect ourselves from these interruptions? Well, the most important thing is to have boundaries, especially if you've got kids, spouse, even pets, okay? What are your boundaries? Do you have physical boundaries where there's a gate or a door monkey so that people cannot get in and interrupt you? Do you have a lock on the door? Is it a soundproof studio? Whatever it might be, make sure that you have got those boundaries in place and that everybody in your family knows what the boundaries are. And if you have flexibility around your work and you know that the time that you have picked currently isn't working to work um, because of life with your family, consider switching it up to a time that works better so that you're not constantly battling interruptions by choosing just a different time of day instead. That's a really good point because if you do have a young child who still has a sleep during the day or multiple sleeps during the day, that's actually optimal time to get work done when you know that you're not going to be interrupted. Number two, distractions. We were talking about FOMO and how it is a real thing. You might be feeling drawn out into the front yard to chat with a neighbor or hear people having a chat in the uh, lounge room and want to go and join them, which can be really hard when we're working in our home offices. So what are some things we can do about these distractions? Well, I think the most important thing that I like to teach my children is that if we do the work now, we have the play later. And so there's got to be a reward system in place for getting through each segment in time. And just like when we talked about in our Rhythms and Routines episode, having those anchors during the day, breakfast, lunchtime, afternoon tea, dinner, whatever it might be, means that we can then structure our day with more of a flow rather than a particular schedule outlining where we have to be at every you know 15 minute interval. So making sure that we've got a good flow so that we have those activities that are doing activities and then being activities means that we're going to get to the end of the day and feel better about ourselves rather than flogging ourselves to death. And if possible, if there are people who are in your home who could potentially go be play outside so you're not feeling distracted and it would work for them as well, potentially consider if there's a certain hour of the day where there is that overlap of making those arrangements so that it works best for you and for them. Distraction free. 
number three, boundaries around work. Okay, this is one that I've learned the hard way and so here are some things that I've put into place <laughs> and I'm sure it's the same for you, Bonnie, having the business that you've got too. So don't check your emails on your phone outside of work hours, especially not in bed because mm. I have had numerous occasions where I've opened an email at like 10, 11 o'clock at night. It's made me feel yuck and I felt like I had to address it then and then it really unsettles me for sleep. Yeah, and that's the thing and, and there's that great book, Don't Check Emails in the Morning because when you have your plan of what you want to achieve in the day but then you check your emails first, your plan changes and that plan then changes according to who's emailed you and what they feel is important. So that's And isn't why. that funny because often the first thing you want to do in the morning is like, oh, well, I'll just check my emails yeah, and check that off. And yeah. it really can – you might find that you've started work at 8.30 and it's 10 o'clock before you actually yeah. get to your responsibilities. Yeah. And I really struggle with it. I am someone who does – need to actually do emails before I can get into all my like little projects and tasks like that but I do find it's a massive time suck. I would totally agree. So make sure you're not checking your emails outside. Turn off those notifications even on certain times. Put Do not disturb on your phone if it's on your phone and you need it on there for certain times when you are away from work so you're not tempted to have a look. Most importantly, it's really important that you set work hours. If you work from home, it's tempting to just be like, oh, I'm feeling productive. I might go work. But it's really important to have boundaries so that, like we were saying earlier, you can have separation. <laughs> Do people actually feel that way? Like I'm feeling productive, I'm going to go work? I, I have I, to drag I get myself with- in there sometimes. <laughs> I definitely get that with cleaning. I'm like, mm, I could clean the house. And then halfway through, I'm like, regret, why? <laughs> now I have to finish this. Uh. Oh, all righty, let's jump over to number four. So if you're struggling with that home office feeling like I've just had too much time at home, I hate working in my home office, Here are some things that you can do. If you have the opportunity, mix it up. Option one, if you have the opportunity and no restrictions, maybe you could go back into the office. Option number two, you could potentially rent an office space for a day, work somewhere different. Like a hot desk or something at a a mutual working space. Exactly. Number three, you could potentially go to a coffee shop for the morning Mm. and just take your laptop, depending on what you do for work, and have a crack. Or you know, maybe you can't do those things. Maybe you're locked down and you can't leave. Mm. Is it possible that you could get out on a sunny morning outside and just sit on a chair in the yard in the sun Mm. for a few hours and do some work just to have a mental health break? So Mm. we know that feeling of having too much time at home can make you resentful of walking into your work office. So definitely consider these options if there's something that you can try. And I mean, for a lot of people, there's a lot of vitamin D deficiencies and and we need to get out and get that sunshine and that fresh air just to help boost us. I know I'm fair skinned and I love it because my dermatologist in my first couple of years of seeing him was like, stay out of the sun, sunscreen, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then I remember going back in a couple of years later and he's like, there's a real issue with vitamin D deficiency in Australia. Make sure you're getting plenty of sun, but cover up. And I was like, how? (laughs) (laughs) This is conflicting information. (laughs) But it's so good, but also so bad. Um, Get that vitamin D people. All right. Number five is social isolation. A very true problem, especially with COVID. We're saying it a lot today, but it is true. People are feeling lonelier Mm. than ever. And that's Mm. what the stats are showing as well. So what can we do to fix that? Well, one, can you Zoom, like you were saying earlier, Bon, have a Zoom lunch date with a coworker? Mm. Yep. Or can you do after work drinks with them? One thing that I've loved during the lockdowns is that we have had like little Lego playdates with my kids' friends and, you know, the boys will be showing off their Lego creations and the mum and I are talking over the top about stuff and the boys are like, look at this and look at that. And like that's a way to get connected as well. So there definitely are options Mm -hmm. you just have to kind of think outside the box a bit more yeah and remembering that you know social connectedness is a huge predictor of our well-being so 
even if you can't pinpoint why you're feeling the way you're feeling at the moment when you walk into that space, consider the things we're talking about today. Are you feeling socially isolated in general in your life? Going to work may be something that you're starting to resent if you're feeling like it's another thing that you have to do that isn't connecting with others. So find a way to uh, incorporate some connection into your day for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, number six, I love this as a solution for if you're feeling that kind of identity crisis or the blur is once again, having the boundaries between work and home. And that might be doing an outfit change and having your work clothes versus your home clothes. Because if we stay in pajamas all day, let's face it, like we don't feel really good about ourselves after a few days. Dress up for work. And if if you do have like Zoom meetings and stuff like that, get a theme going. Like today's purple day. Let's all wear something purple. Everyone wear a fun hat. Yeah. I mean, cool earrings. Like we need to kind of go a little bit beyond what we're used to on a daily basis and put ourselves out there a little bit more to help us be happier. And bring some magic back into what's become a really monotonous experience for many. So, yeah, find a way to have fun with it. And, you know, if you're in a position where you're not the manager who can make those calls, speak to someone about it. And I'm sure that people, you know, your supervisor, your manager is like keen for opportunities to bring back some sparkle to workplace meetings on Zoom because, Mm. let's face it, meetings over Zoom can be challenging. Yes, yes, they definitely can. (laughs) Okay, and last but not least, number seven. So if the stuff in your office is starting to impinge on your mental health, what are some things that we can do? So we've already talked about a clear space being a clear mind. So make sure that you do that declutter of the stuff you don't need in the office anymore, but then you put in place those healthy habits to keep your office from becoming messy. So when we think about vertical storage versus horizontal spaces being used for activity, make sure that at the end of the day, you're actually doing a desk tidy up so that when you come in the following day, you're starting with a fresh slate, your desk is nice and tidy and you don't have to be cleaning up from yesterday before you start today because we need to start each new day on the right foot because that helps us get set up for success. Absolutely. What a jam-packed episode. So if you're sitting there thinking, man, I'm really not loving my home office at the moment, this episode has had a bunch of tips and we hope that they can help you, be it the physical clutter in the space or the everyday in and out of coming into your office and the functioning of this space. We hope you find something that you can try to implement. In fact, let's make it a tidy task, Bon. For this week's tidy task, I want you to write a list. Everything you dislike about your office and everything you like about your office, okay? Really just do a brain dump, brainstorm it, stick it all down. Chip away at those lists and start to make some solutions for the things that you dislike about your office and make sure that you're finding the treasures of what you do love about your office. So if you've got physical changes that you need to make, pick one thing on that list to change. If you've got workday problems like boundaries with kids or interruptions or that FOMO, Make one of those habits and change one of those habits. So just pick a really realistic amount of things to change, one physical, one workday problem, and focus on changing those this week. And then keep working down your list as the weeks go by. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and lending us your ears. And remember, progress, not perfection. See you later. Bye. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised community group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoy the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world. 